It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, October 20th, 2016. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is in Indiana preaching tonight, and so in his absence, uh, Monty Overton is here. Monty, welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you, Jacob. It's good to be here. Good to have you as well, and hope that seat doesn't get too hot tonight, but uh, we're going to be coming your way a lot. Okay. All right. And uh, behind the controls, Kyle's here tonight. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the program. It's always good to be here. And let's get your seat a little warmed up tonight, too, so maybe make some comments back behind the controls tonight. And, uh, well, you can make your seat warm at home as well, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And if you're not signed in in the chat room tonight, do that uh, to the bottom of your video feed. We'll look forward to hearing from you in the chat room. We want to uh, remind you that our gospel meeting begins this Sunday, uh, Sunday, October the 23rd, 24th, 24th, through uh, Friday. I think it says 23rd. It's the 23rd. It is the 23rd. Sorry. It's October the 23rd. Sometime this week. So this Sunday. If you uh, want more information, and you can get the actual the real date at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Uh, we'll be meeting Sunday. Uh, at 9.30, 2.30 in the afternoon, and then 7 o'clock Monday through Friday. If you're anywhere around where you can come to visit our meeting, we would love to have you find out more information at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Tonight on the program, Amani, uh, we want to take a little bit different approach to uh, a question that uh, we probably have taken for granted, the answer to we've probably taken for granted for, the re- for all of our lives. I want to ask, are we really sure that we want to go to heaven? Uh, you know, that's sort of the default answer. Everybody you ask would say, well, yeah, I'd like to go to heaven. But uh, the scriptures present us with some things that many, I'm afraid, would find uh, to be downright unattractive about heaven and unpleasant and undesirable. And uh, we're going to look at some of those things tonight. And uh, after looking at those, we'll ask ourselves, are we sure that we really do want to go to heaven? Because maybe we've never really stopped to consider that question I'm afraid the answer for a lot of people would be, no, I don't think I'd really like that. You know, I know a preacher that one time he was talking to a fellow and asked him about, well, don't you want to go to heaven? And the fellow told him, well, what's wrong with Tennessee? Uh, well, you know, but the idea is that we've got it so good here in our country on this earth right now that most people really don't give, a lot of people don't really yeah. give the idea or much consideration about whether they want to go to heaven or not because things is great here. Why would I want to change? All right. I think a lot of people uh, have the idea that heaven is sort of like one of those, uh, well, dream vacations. You yeah. Know? If you if you like going to the beach, this will be you'll be sitting on a pristine beach, uh, in a chair with somebody over your shoulder fanning you with a big palm branch or something. You know, or maybe if you like fishing, there's going to be it's going to be a, 
uh, a deep mountain stream with some lunker trout in it. And you know, like the American Indian had the idea of the happy hunting ground. There you, know, you every, go. I'm going to go someplace, and there's always going to be plenty of game to hunt, yeah. and it's not going to be hard to get, and yeah. everything's going to be great. Yeah, so it's 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 whatever you really you really like here on Earth is just going to be that uh, magnified in heaven is the idea I think many people have. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the hobby. You get to, you know, you, whatever your hobby may be, you get to do that all the time and in perfect conditions. Not the picture we see in the Bible, and so we want to talk about that and ask the question, are you sure you really want to go to heaven after we look at what the Scriptures teach us about that destination? Earlier today, to the update list, we sent some questions for your consideration. We said, what are some things that won't be in heaven that many would miss? We asked for you to answer that. And what are some things that will be in heaven that many would not enjoy? So there's going to be some things that won't be there that people will miss. There'll be things there that people wouldn't enjoy. And uh, then we ask in the third and fourth questions, uh, in your words, describe the alternative to going to heaven, since uh, it's a place that, sadly, many people wouldn't enjoy. What is the alternative? How would you describe uh, what this alternative is? And number four, what should we be doing now to make sure that we will be happy in heaven? Uh, certainly, uh, it is a place that uh, we have to prepare ourselves if we're going to be uh, able to enjoy. So we look forward to your thoughts again. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We'll look forward to your comments in the chat room if you're listening to us live on the program tonight. First up, Monty, what are some things that won't be in heaven uh, that many would miss? Well, I think the first thing we have to note that won't be in heaven, that many would miss, many would find, uh, well, just downright offensive. There's going to be no sin in heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's not an exhaustive list. I think it's a representative list, and it mm-hmm. represents the fact that there's not going to be any sin in heaven. Now, Monty, I don't know. I mean, we've read that verse all of our lives, and we've well, I understand that. But that's going to be a negative for a lot of people, because there are going to be no sins in heaven, sins that we enjoy, maybe that we secretly enjoy or selfishly hold on to we know the scriptures teach against it but hey i just like it a little bit too much to give up right now i maybe later i will but not right now you know i knew a woman one time as we was having a discussion with her about spiritual matters and one of the things we was talking to her about was her tobacco use she liked to smoke yeah and we discussed it and discussed it from time to time and finally one day she said well i know it's a sin but i enjoy it too much to quit right and i'm I think I about fell over backwards out of my chair, that somebody would actually say, I know it's a sin, but I enjoy it too much to quit because, I mean, all my life we've been taught if it's a sin, we've got to quit. Not that it's an option or something. It's just you can't do that and be pleasing to God. And so it's really what the lady was saying is, you know, I know it's wrong, but I really don't care because I like it. Yeah. And, and that, that's really she was a good woman. and. She, I guess, basically speaking, she was a good person and everything, but I was just sort of flabbergasted. I mean, you could say the same thing about fornication. I know it's a sin, but I enjoy it too much to quit. I can't imagine not to be in an unlawful marriage for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm not willing to give it up for what, how long till I die? A year? Yeah. Five years? Ten years? Let's say it's 50 or 60 years. I'm not willing to give it up for that long. 
What makes me think I'm going to enjoy giving it up for an eternity? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's illogical. Uh, certainly, if there's not any sin in heaven, folks are going to just downright be disappointed. They can't engage in these sins that they All like All my fun them. stuff, I'm, I well, can't do it anymore. What are anymore. you talking about? I, yeah, I won't give it up for a week. Why would I give it up for an eternity? And we know that sin's pleasurable because the Bible describes it when he's talking about Moses. That right. he chose not to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. If it wasn't pleasurable, it wouldn't be a temptation for us. Hebrews 11, verses 24 and 25 is the context you're referencing mm-hmm. there. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, where he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses knew that there were pleasures in and in sin. People, I mean, that's a that's a given. Yeah. But why do people do the things they do? Well, there's pleasure associated with him. Those pleasures are not going to be in heaven. I mean, you can make a long list there of things, uh, Monty, that uh, would be uh, sinful that people are unwilling to give up. Maybe mm-hmm. they're Immodest dress, their coarse language. Maybe it's not coarse language, and maybe it's the gossip. Those kind of things are not going to be in heaven. And so we have to ask, would you really want to go there if those things are not going to be in heaven? 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Kevin in the chat room says, been talking about one of the things that probably won't be in heaven with another preacher this week. Animals don't appear to be destined for heaven. Man's best friend might not be there. And uh, Kevin uh, puts, uh, I guess, uh, maybe a slightly sarcastic sniff in there. He's a little <laughs> bit upset. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. We we'll have to get, do without the uh, the best, the man's best friends, perhaps, Kevin. But um, uh, certainly, uh, there are more serious things uh, that won't be there that um, many will find, I think, unattractive. You know, I, th- I think one of the things that some people might find unattractive is there won't be any uh, conflict between us. In heaven, because there's some people in the world, that, even in the church, that seem to mm-hmm. to live to keep some kind of strife stirred up. Yeah, and yeah. you know, if they can't keep something going, they're just they're not satisfied. They're not happy. That kind of goes along with the gossip yeah. thing, I think. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, and they's that's yeah. not going to be in heaven. There's not going to be no strife yeah, or no contention. You know, the there. guy that can't stand the church to be totally at peace. Uh, well, it's going to be peaceful in heaven. Yeah, uh, but he's 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 not going to be able to stir anything up. He'll be miserable if he goes there. Uh, that's right. 877-381-4567. The line is open. Give us a call. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Looking forward and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, when the, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth a lot of righteousness, but a little bit of sin. It doesn't say that, does it? I don't it? think it reads exactly that It doesn't read that exactly way. like that. Wherein dwelleth righteousness and that pet sin I can't give up? No. Wherein dwelleth righteousness, only righteousness, no sin in heaven. And you know, uh, that includes that sin that I enjoy watching, Monty. You know, I may not engage in the sin myself, but boy, I sure do like it when it's on television. Yeah, the problem we run into there, the scriptures tell us that not only is a person that commits a sin guilty of it, but the person that enjoys watching them do it or participates with them. You know, if, I, if when it gets down to it, if I like watching this on TV, what it actually amounts to is I'm paying people to sin yes. so that I can watch them do it. Right. And now if, if, we, if we wouldn't hire somebody to come into our living room, physically, genuinely be there and, yeah. and do these lascivious actions and things that we'd watch Tell on TV jokes, yeah, yeah. or talk ugly, but we'll hire 
the television to come do it. Or we'll rent the movie. You know, we'll and rent and the, the money movie. that I'm renting, the, that I'm paying. It's paying people to see It's going to them uh, yeah. and to some extent. And so when we look at it and we're honest about it, that's what it is. If we're watching vulgar things on TV or immodest things or coarse language or any any of these all these things that we know is on the television programs, we're, we're hiring people to send for us. And... Um, you know, Monty, I'm, I, there's not going to be R-rated movies in heaven. No. And there's a lot of Christians today who say, well, I, you know, it's, I'll just go watch an R-rated movie. It's not that bad. It's pretty good. It's just a little violence. Well, I know a guy one a time nudity. was talking about it in the language that was in a certain movie, and I don't have no idea. It's been so long, I couldn't tell you what the movie was. And he said, oh, I'm used to that. That, that kind <laughs> of thing doesn't bother me anymore. And uh, he thought that was a good thing. Yeah, he thought <laughs> you know, he was... Uh, it was an accomplishment. He, he was that an accomplishment. He was calloused enough yeah. that it didn't bother him anymore. Yeah, uh, uh, there's not going to be any, I dare say, PG-13 movies. I wouldn't expect so. Or PG movies. You know, people Mm. go to these movies. We hear Christians, oh, well, it was a pretty good movie. It was a really good movie. Not much violence, not much, just a little bit of nudity. Yeah. Well, there's not going to be any nudity. Just a few cuss words. No cuss words. Those movies aren't going to be in heaven. You're going to be all right for that? Well, it's not going to bother me. Well, but is it going to be someplace that we want to go? 877-381-381. Four five six seven. We want to hear from you on the program tonight. No sin in heaven. Is it some place you can really say you would enjoy? Some place that you really want to go? Maybe not. Maybe we need to stop, step back, and consider that it's a paradigm maybe that we've uh, we've always had. That uh, well, heaven is a place you want to go by default, but maybe not when we look at the scriptures and we find out there's no sin in heaven. Kent in Georgia sends in his email tonight. Kent, thank you for your response. He says, sports and sporting events, TV programming, movies aren't going to be in heaven. He says, obviously, these are not necessarily sinful within themselves, although there is a morality connected to some of these. One great temptation that Christians must learn to overcome is to not allow even moral recreational pursuits to surpass the devotion we need to have for Christ and the Word of God. So many today have been influenced by blatantly sinful and moral conduct, but they have perverted their minds into falsely thinking that one cannot enjoy life without sinful practices. Interesting. You know, I was talking to a fellow one time, and uh, he wasn't married, and we'd come into work on Monday morning, and he was talking about the woman he'd spent the weekend with and the fornication that they'd done. And I said, well, you know that's a sin. He said, well, well God understands I'm a man. I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to be in heaven. Not happening. Not you know, what we need to think about is if we're not willing to give these things up here on earth, whether it's the smoking or the fornication or the dirty joke or whatever is the entertainment that we might go to see, if we're not willing to give it up here, what would make us think we'd enjoy being in heaven without it? Yes. If I can't do without it for 50 or 60 short years here on this earth or however long I might live, there's no reason to expect I would think I could do it without it for an eternity with heaven. All right, we've got some more comments to get uh, from Kent. We've got some more comments in the chat room. If you're not signed in there, sign in now and get your comments in line. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll continue the discussion. No sin in heaven. You sure you want to go? We'll talk about that. And, you know, there's something else that heaven's going to be that uh, well, I'm not sure if everyone's going to like this. It's going to be 100% spiritual. We'll talk about that when we get back. Mm-hmm. That fact alone, I think, is enough to turn a lot of people off say, well, maybe not. We're going to get a break. We'll get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Hi, my name is Mike Smith, and I'm a member of the College of Church of Christ on Hampshire Pike. Let me ask you some questions. Do you remember when churches insisted on Bible authority for everything they did? Can you recall when church members always expected they thus saith the Lord? 
Can you remember when the church was well known for its book, chapter, and verse style of teaching and preaching? Are you upset because the church you're attending doesn't always doesn't always approach things this way anymore? Does it concern you that elders and preachers don't seem to care about Bible authority at all? We're still trying to do everything according to the New Testament pattern. If you're looking for a church like the one you remember from the past, please visit us soon at the Cosby Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Here's some quotes worth pondering. It is not possible to encourage others too much. You will come to believe and to be influenced by whatever you choose to listen to on a regular basis. Indian strife have overthrown great cities and rooted up mighty nations. Envy is the reverse side of a coin called vanity. Nobody is ever envious of others who is not first proud of himself. Reputation can be made in a moment, but character is built in a lifetime. Man, wish I'd said that. Now that you've had your break, it's back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight as we ask the question, are you sure you really want to go to heaven? We're seeing some things about heaven that many would find a downright undesirable. No sin in heaven. And uh, we need to understand that. Do you really want to go? Uh, in the chat room, Kevin says like he, he feels like he's all alone. Uh, sign in there and help uh, Kevin out with the discussion. Um, he appreciates your perspective, Monty, that we are paying people to send for us when we support them. He's going to remember that. It's an excellent point and something that we need to remember. Uh, God tells us, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Can you say that you're following that instruction when you are actually paying and supporting those who make their living engaging and, and presenting uh, those sinful things. You know, if we're honest about it, we'd have to say if we're paying people to do that, we're in, enjoying it. Uh, we might not ever would do that sin ourselves, but we like watching people do it on on the t- on the screen. Then we're in fellowship with them. In it. Ephesians five verse eleven: Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And by doing that, when I'm watching uh, those uh, sinful things, and uh, Kevin says he's glad that temptation won't be there. That definitely is a positive, Kevin. But it's not for all. Uh, a lot of our folks would be disappointed with that. Now, Kent had another interesting point. So he says uh, that these uh, sinful things are not going to be there. Folks uh, would, would have come to believe they can't enjoy life without sinful practices. But here's what else he says. Also, unauthorized sinful practices that do not violate God's moral standard will also be excluded from heaven. So, stuff, things that, uh, that aren't uh, authorized in service to God will be excluded from heaven. Folks will find that unpleasant as well. You know, we've got to worship God in a way that we want to worship him here on earth. And what I like, it doesn't matter what God likes, it's what I like. Worship's all about me, not about God, for crying out loud. i got to be the one that's happy in it. I mean, why do we need to worry about what God I've got to be fulfilled. Yeah. And when we get to heaven, it's not going to be like that. So would people even enjoy worshiping God in heaven? It's an interesting comment. And uh, certainly I think uh, that um, is, this is the case. Well, when you get down to it, one way of looking at it is those people won't be satisfied with it because really and truly they haven't worshipped God here on this earth because when they're doing the things that is pleasing to them and satisfied them and want to call it worship they're not worshipping God they're worshipping their self ultimately and so they haven't worshipped God here so what makes me think that they would be satisfied in a place where there's going to be a lot of worship going on All right, let's go back to Leviticus <laughs> chapter 10 to the well known account of Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 10 
verse 1, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and put incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. God had told them what he wanted them to do, where they want, he wanted them to get their fire, and they ignored that instruction, did it the way that suited them, not the way that suited God. God obviously had a problem with that. Folks today would say, oh, God won't care. God, As long as you're worshiping God, who cares? God doesn't care. God cared. He showed that he cared. He struck them dead. Fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord, verse 2. God had a problem with it. God has a problem with you if you're not following his instructions, if you're doing what you want rather than looking to his word for the instructions on how to worship him, how to serve him. God has a problem with it. He's not striking people dead with fire today, but he has a problem with it. And he explains why he has a problem with it in verse 3. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people I must be glorified. God said, If you're not following my word, you're profaning me. You're not glorifying me. I must be regarded as holy and glorified, and you do that by following my instructions. You know, really, that's ultimately... When, when you think about Moses didn't get to enter the promised land, people, you ask why, and people say, well, because he struck the rock. It really didn't have anything to, particularly to do with striking the rock. That wasn't what he was told to do. But it had to do with God said, you're not going in because you didn't give me the glory. Because what Moses said was, must we get rock, water from you from this rock? Like him and Aaron personally was going to be able to whack this rock a time or two with a stick, and it's going to come gushing forth enough water to feed the two or three million people that was there. That wasn't going to happen. But he said, must we do it rather than must God do it? So they wasn't giving God the glory. And what God says right here in Leviticus chapter 10, verse 3, I must be glorified. Well, if we're not doing things the way God said do it, then we're not glorifying him. If we're doing it the way we want to do it, the way we like it, we're glorifying ourselves. All right. And uh, I like what I like Kent's point here, that uh, unauthorized sinful practices are not going to be in heaven, and many people will have problems with that. 877-381-4567. Another thing that Kent mentions is a, is a point that I wanted to make as well. He says, one great temptation that Christians must learn to overcome is not to allow even moral recreational pursuits to surpass the devotion we need to have for Christ and the Word of God. That is a, a, a fact about heaven and reality, that heaven is going to be a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go fishing on Sunday in heaven. You're not going to be playing baseball on Sunday in heaven. It's going to be a spiritual place. And I'm afraid many people would find that unpleasant and undesirable about heaven. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning verse 50, Now I say, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on must put on immortality we're going to be changed it says uh, we're not going to be physical in nature we'll be spiritual and this is going to be a negative and i may not have thought about that before but you have to ask yourself what is your focus what is most important to you in this life is it the spiritual is it understanding more about god and reading his word teaching others about him doing his will is that the primary focus of your life can you honestly say that or would you be more Accurate to say, well, those physical things are pretty important. Having that nice house, having that new car, 
having some financial security. Those are the things that, well, I really sort of focus on those more than I get too concerned about these spiritual things. You know, a lot of people, I believe, they're not really honest with their self because they would say, oh, no, spiritual things are most important. But then you look and see what keeps them from worship on Sundays or the Bible studies on Wednesdays and things like that. And you can see by their actions that these physical things are really more important to them than spiritual things because they're not at worship very much. All right. Yeah. What's most important? The Bible tells us, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. Well, the fruit is that they're not putting spiritual things first. Yep. It's easy to fall in that trap. The world uh, tries to pull us in that direction, but uh, in heaven, things are going to be spiritual, not physical. And if we're going to enjoy it then, we ought to be working to enjoy it now. In fact, that's what Kevin uh, says. Kevin says, to make heaven my home, I need to strive to make God's way my way. Uh, My dad's in the chat room tonight in Indiana. Dad, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, he says, can you imagine anyone in heaven saying, I want to do it my way? Uh, It is hard to imagine. And then Angie in the chat room uh, says, I don't think we'll have the option to go on vacation or miss worship because we don't feel like going when we're in heaven. Uh, Excellent comment, Angie. Uh, That doesn't seem like it's a possibility. Can't imagine that. Uh, Well, why would we think that uh, it should be any different here on earth? You know, people nowadays, you ask them, they weren't here, you miss them on a worship period, and you call them and talk to them or whatever, or next time you see them, you comment about you missed them. Well, I didn't feel good. I had a headache. And I know some people have really bad headaches, but it seems like some people almost never feel good, and that's always their excuse, I didn't feel good. Well, one way I try to look at it is if however I'm feeling, if I'm feeling bad, would I go to work feeling this way? Well, yeah, I've got I got to make money. I got to I got to earn a living. Well, I've also got to worship God and put Him first. If I'd go to work feeling this way, then I need to come to worship feeling this way. Yeah. Or if the weather's bad, would I go to work if it's coming a thunderstorm? Well, yeah, my my boss at work's not. Or if the snow's on the ground, or or whatever we want to whatever thing we would want to let inconvenience us to the point of missing worship. Well, if I'd go to work that way and do it for money, I at least ought to ought to do at least that much for God. Yeah. Uh, it is certainly something we need to consider. Um, and Kevin says, why would I want to miss even one moment of heaven, yet I'll miss opportunities to enjoy the spiritual things here on earth? And certainly that is the case, Kevin. So we need to we need to ask ourselves, is heaven something that we would really enjoy because it's not going to be physical, and yet we're so wrapped up in that here on this earth? You know, we got to think and stop. No, it's not just about attending worship all the time, Monty. I can be in a pew every time the doors are open, but if these physical things are taking my focus away from God mm-hmm. and onto the onto the things of this world, and that has become my primary focus in this life, then there's a problem in and of itself right there. Not, I may still be at worship, but I've got a problem with my heart and my and what where my treasure is. You know, worship is just one small measuring tool that we you can our attendance at worship that's just one small measure uh, are we studying our bible regularly are we studying daily are we reading daily are we talking to people about spiritual things are we trying to convert others i mean there's when we read about in the bible the fruit of the spirit are we doing those things are we producing and bearing those fruits well if we're not then we've let other things become our primary focus all right Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview.com. What will be some things that won't be in heaven that many would miss? There won't be sin. There won't be the physical things that we enjoy so much. 
What about some of the things that are going to be in heaven that many would find unattractive, Monty? Lots of things that are going to be there. Uh, quickly before the break, one of those things would be the fact that we're going to be uh, in God's presence all the time. And frankly, many people would be incredibly turned off by this. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, beginning, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of, an archangel, of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Presented here in this verse is a positive. Comfort each other with the fact you're going to be with, with God and Christ forever. And yet, many people today find that to be somewhat disturbing to think about being in God's presence and Christ's presence all the time because, well, frankly, we don't want Jesus to see us not living as he did. We don't want to see Jesus. We don't want Jesus to be sitting on the couch with us while we're watching that dirty movie. We don't want him to be with us when we're sitting around the lunch table at work in a, in a sinful conversation with some others. We don't want Christ and, Jesus and God to see everything that we're doing. We don't want to be with them all the time. Well, it's obvious that we wouldn't because so many people are doing these things. And uh, they think, well, I, I've got away with it. Uh, those folks in church don't know what I've been doing. Well, whether you or I or whether anybody else knows what we've been doing or not, God knows. Yeah. Uh, whether we can see him or not, ultimately we're in the presence of God now. He's, he's, in, he's here. He knows what we're doing. He knows even what we think. And so we need to act like it. Uh, and so many people don't. Certainly, uh, we are in his presence now, but many folks don't like that. We don't want other Christians to see how, us living the way we are. Mm. You ever been around Christians who wanted to hide their true self and what yeah. they were, was going on in their lives? We don't want other Christians to see it. We definitely don't want Christ to see it. And uh, and in heaven, we'll be in God's presence all the time. In John 14, verses 2 and 3, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you can be, if you want to be, some of the time. No, where, where I am, there ye may be also. We're going to be with Christ forever in heaven, in close proximity. Again, presented as a positive, but many would find it as a negative because many try to avoid God, try to hide their sin, and will not be happy with that in heaven. Let's get a break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. What do you think will be in heaven that many people will find unattractive? There are a lot of things there that are going to be unattractive to many. We'll talk about them as we get back. And maybe you've got some things you want to share that are not going to be in heaven that you think others would not enjoy. Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Wow, it isn't so hard to understand the Bible after all. There's more exciting study and discussion coming after these messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. In his final words to the Israelites, Moses recounted the commands that God had given on Mount Sinai, and he urged them to realize that everything the Lord had commanded them to do was in their own best interest. Deuteronomy 6, verse 24 says, And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. The subsequent history of Israel bears witness to the truthfulness of Moses' statement. So long as they faithfully followed God's will, things went well for them. But when they neglected their duty and turned away from his law, they always suffered awful consequences. The statement that Moses made so many years ago is still true today. Some may ask, why did God command this? Or... What is the purpose of that? The simple answer is that it's for our good. 
God did not make the rules just because he wanted to flex his divine power. He didn't order us to do various things simply to test us or torment us. Instead, he established his law because he knows us. He created us. He knows what's best for us, and he desires that everything go well for us. Think about some of God's laws and see that they are, quote, for our good always. Consider his prohibitions against drunkenness, adultery, lying, stealing, murder, and so forth. By keeping from these evils, we are ensuring our own well-being. On the other hand, meditate upon his commands to study, pray, love our spouses and children, treat others as we want to be treated, and so forth. Each of these, when fully obeyed, leads to happiness and joy in our lives. God loves us. His commands are a real manifestation of that love. Let us show our love for him by obeying his law faithfully. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, everyone. I'm Brett Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Check it out now and find out more about our gospel meeting. It begins this Sunday, October 24th, 2016. Find out more about our meeting place and times of meeting, especially next week, as we're meeting every night at 7 o'clock. You'll want to come if you're anywhere close. Check it out, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We're talking about heaven tonight, and we're asking the question, do you really want to go? It seems, from what we're seeing from the scriptures, that this paradigm that so many have is that, uh, well, you know, obviously everybody wants to go to heaven. Not so. Not so. Not everyone is going to enjoy heaven. If they were to get there, would enjoy heaven, we should say, because it is simply a place that is uh, counter to so many of the things that so many folks hold dear. No sin in heaven. Uh, it's no, no, it's not a physical place. It's a spiritual place. Both of those things are repulsive. Talked about the fact that we'll be in God's presence all the time, and uh, folks don't want to be in God's presence today. Why would they think that in heaven they would enjoy being in God's presence all the time? Certainly, some things we need to consider. You know, one thing to think about, uh, Monty, you know, that 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 scene in heaven where they're worshiping God continually before His throne. We sometimes, even those of us who are Christians, fail to come before God in His throne in prayer. It's something maybe we don't uh, we don't long for and look forward to enough. Something for us to consider: or is that is that going to be something that we would find uh, be unpleasant to be in God's presence all the time before His throne? You know, you would think if He was going to be there in His presence. I mean, when you and I are here together, we talk back and forth to each other. Well. People, so many people don't pray to God now. They're not talking to Him now. Why would I? Why would they think that they would like being there forever in His presence, in a position of being able to be in a conversation with Him? Yeah. If you're not going to talk to Him now, why would you think you'd want to do it all the time? Yes. All right. 
Uh, Kyle, during the break, we were talking about something. You had a, a comment. You thought of something that some folks would uh, find unattractive and unpleasant about heaven. Uh, we kind of already covered just a second ago about um, worshiping God forever, and I think uh, one of our guests already mentioned something about worship is the training ground for heaven, which uh, and I was going to quote uh, that uh, passage from uh, Revelation. It's highly figurative, the book of Revelation, but I think this is a good scene about uh, when um, it says uh, the 24 elders will fall down before him and sit on who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying worthy art thou our lord our god to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast just created all things and because of thy will they existed and were created so it's just a we're going to worship god in heaven we're going to worship him forever in heaven that's something that people would probably not find very uh appetizing i would imagine absolutely uh, i think that is something that we must think about look at uh, revelation chapter 4 beginning of verse 2 Revelation 4, verse 2, And immediately I was in the Spirit, John says, And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. In verse 10, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, and saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and, thy, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. The scene in heaven, Monty, is a scene of worship of God worship of God on a continual basis and you think about that and I'm convinced there are many people, sadly many Christians maybe who would find that proposition to be very unpleasant because well frankly Christians, some Christians don't like to worship God now and and you wouldn't be able to get them to say oh no I don't like worshiping God That's not fun. that's not for me, it's not fun they wouldn't say it with their mouth, but they'll say it with their actions because they don't show up for worship. Yeah, you, you, you talked about some of the excuses that people make. I mean, just crazy excuses. I, I, I got a little sniffle. I got a little cold. Yeah. Really? You don't, you're going to lay out for that? You, 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 you love to worship God? But oh, gonna, yeah, I love God. But you got your nose is running a little bit? You're yeah. going to stay home? Well, I don't want to spread it around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew of a, of a guy who... They went to worship, and, uh, well, remember the church lived across the street? Well, they weren't going to worship God that night. They were having a garage sale. <laughs> and they were waving to the, mem- the folks going into the, the church building while they're sitting across the street at a garage sale. Yeah, I, love, I love God. I love to worship God. But, you know, you gotta get you got to get that garage cleaned out sometime. Yeah. And so that's really more important than worshiping God tonight. We're going to have a garage sale. You know, or, well, I had to work, and which we do have to work. The Bible tells us if we don't work, we shouldn't eat. But we don't have to take a job that's going to cause us to miss worship. Yeah. And so really when you get down to it, when you think about that, it's uh, how much how much will I have to pay you to get you not to come tonight? Yeah. You know, well, I made triple time today. It's Sunday, and I made triple time. Okay, so you made $60 an hour or 80 or whatever it is times eight hours, 400. If I give you $500, you won't come to church tonight. Oh, no, you can't pay me not to come. Well, somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I heard about uh, a few years ago when gas prices were going up, uh, someone suggested, well, let's cancel Sunday night services because gas prices are so high. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to be insensitive. Certainly that that is a, a financial burden. But, you know, I'm, I doubt that these people were cutting out other trips to town. Yeah. It's just on Sunday we'd like to cut one out. Yeah. Because we love worshiping God so much. And yeah. We want to do it all the time in heaven. But, uh, you know, those gas prices. Well, we won't have to buy gas in heaven, so it'll be okay. Yeah. What do you think? 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. My dad in the chat room says, here are your options tonight. Attend a gospel meeting or go to a ball game. Your choice will tell something about your priorities. 
That's right. But but you know, I want to go to heaven. I, I'm dying to go to heaven because we're going to worship God all the time there. But you know, got to have a little recreation. Can't get too extreme with this attending three times a week. That's that's asking for quite a bit, three hours a week. I guess we're being really really radical next week when we're talking about yeah. what nine or ten yeah, times. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I, I knew a lady uh, one time that was uh, well over a hundred. And uh, she was there when the doors were open on her walker. Boy, and you didn't want to get behind her because it was going to take you a while to get in the building. But she was going to get in there and worship yeah. God. Oh, uh, over a hundred years old. And uh, you know, someone asked her. He says, "You know, you, you really are faithful in your attention." She says, "Well, you know, I can get up and go to the doctor's office and sit sit there in his waiting room and see him. And I got to do that a lot, as old as I am. If I can do that, then I can definitely wor- yeah, worship God." We just have to decide what our priorities are. I can make it to the assemblies. Yeah, that's right. Um, so what's your priority? Do you really want to go worship God around the throne all the time? Is it something you're going to enjoy? Um, uh, Philip is in the chat room. Philip, uh, we're glad that you're here with us uh, tonight. And uh, Kevin says, good thoughts, Kyle. We'll be able to worship like those 24 elders before his throne. You know, we got we need to think about that as we come together to worship God, that this is a uh, is a, a foretaste of what it's going to be like in heaven, and won't it be wonderful to be able to worship God there in that audience? Um, all right. Um, let us know your thoughts. Worshiping God all the time, is that going to be something that you'll find pleasant in heaven? Maybe something you want to reconsider. Um, well... Let me tell you something else that's going to be in heaven that I think, well, sadly, many Christians are going to find this may be the most intolerable thing of all that we've talked about tonight. In heaven, we're going to be with our brethren constantly, forever. We already look at 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 18, where it says, So shall we ever be with the Lord? Mm-hmm. That means I'm going to be with the Lord and my brethren forever. John 14, verses 2 and 3, we already looked at, that Jesus was going to prepare a place for us and receive us to himself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Heaven's not going to be something that we enjoy by ourselves. It's We're going to be enjoying it with our brethren. And frankly, many of us would find that, uh, that thought in and of itself disturbing, that we're going to be with our brethren all the time because, well, we don't really enjoy them that much now. Well, I've, I've known people before that when asked why they never went and done any things with the people from church that the get, get-togethers we have or recreational things we might do together, well, I don't really like being with them people. I don't want to hang out with them. But they call themselves a Christian. Well, if we go to heaven, Jacob, you and I have a good chance we might be in close proximity forever. Yeah. Well, if we're, if we're surrounding the throne of God, we're going to be there and, and forever. Well, if we can't stand to get along together here on this earth for 30 minutes to an hour at a time at a worship service or an hour or two at a time to get together or something we might do to spend time and encourage each other, what in the world would make me think that we could do it forever? Yeah. Yeah. you you got to wonder, if you can't get along now, why is it going to be different in heaven? Yeah, I can't stand brother so-and-so. You know, he, he said something rude to me 20 years ago, and I can't let it go. She didn't compliment me on my dress, the, uh, my new dress that I had. She snubbed me, and uh, she is uh, she's a dirty dog. 
Yeah. But hey, but we're going to go to heaven. We're going to be around each other all the time. That's going to be great. But right now, I can't even stand to see her at worship three times a week. Really sorry she's breathing up good air. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, when I get a chance, boy, the... I got a juicy one on Kyle. I got to tell you, Monty. All right. Yeah, he's a he's a dirty dog too. I can't. I don't like Kyle that much. You know. But hey, when we get to heaven, it's called. It's all going to be. Well, fine. we're going to be changed. It'll be better then. Yeah. And uh, boy, you know, whenever we get together in those business meetings, we really can have some knockdown, drag out fights. But it'll be different in heaven. We'll all be happy and we'll all get along. Yeah. Not so. Do we really think that we want to go to heaven when the prospect of being around our brethren all the time, constantly for an eternity? is what we'll face there. Certainly, it is something to consider. You know, and, and it is really something to consider. And what we need to consider is that we've probably got a sorry attitude and need to fix it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Kevin says some folks think that the church might be pretty good if it weren't for the people. It yeah. would be. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And uh, and uh, we have to work on that. What about hospitality, Monty? You know, that's uh, one way that we uh, show that we love our brethren and love being around them and care about them as we show them hospitality. That's a, a dying art in our society today and sadly in the church is the, the idea of hospitality. Uh, can we say that we really enjoy our brethren's company when we simply don't uh, want to engage in hospitality anymore. Well, you know, we're really busy in our in our society, in our culture, when we've got all these important things we've got to do, uh, like watch TV or something. And so I really don't have time to entertain people in my home because that's going to interrupt my favorite TV show or my other favorite past. You know, if I like to go whatever sports I like to participate in or whatever it is, I don't have time to fool with you because I've got all these important things to do. Well, if, if I'm... My life is so filled with all these important things that I don't have time to associate with you now. How could I possibly be happy in heaven associating with you constantly? All right. 877-381-4567. We're going to get a break and go to the top of the hour. Kev, or Kent in uh, Georgia tonight says some things that will be there that folks will find unpleasant. The worship of God and fellowship with total separation from sin. Those things, uh, Kent, we have to agree, will be things that some folks would really find unpleasant about heaven. We're asking the question, are you sure you really want to go to heaven? The picture we're seeing from the scriptures is uh, quite different than what many people have imagined and envisioned heaven to be. It is not just one of those ultimate dream vacations where everything is fun and games and you're catching big fish and killing big deer and hitting all the store shopping and the fancy restaurants. It's a different picture than that, and it's a picture, frankly, that many would find unattractive. What about you? Are you sure you really want to go to heaven? When we get back, we're going to look at an alternative. There is an alternative to heaven. The Scripture's painting. We don't have to go there. We don't have to go there. In fact, God won't make us go there, Mm -mm. and he doesn't want us to go someplace that we'd be unhappy. That's for sure. So, well, I mean, he doesn't want us to go to heaven if we're going to be unhappy. Yeah. Uh, there's an alternative. Let's look at that alternative when we get back. And then uh, ask ourselves, uh, if that alternative is unacceptable as well, then what do we do to make the alternative of heaven one that's acceptable? There's some things we can be doing now to get ready so that we will enjoy heaven. When we get back, we'll go to the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Got a question about something you've heard on the Virtual Bible Study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. My name is Roger Toombs, and me and my wife love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study on Thursday nights. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. From 1990 to 2000, the combined membership of all Protestant denominations in the USA declined by almost 5 million members, or 9.5%. 
while the U.S. population itself increased by 24 million, almost 11 percent. At the turn of the previous century, that is 1900, there was a ratio of 27 churches per 10,000 people. As compared to the close of this last century, the year 2000, where we had just 11 churches per 10,000 people in America. The United States now ranks third following China and India in the number of people who are not professed Christians. In other words, the U.S. is becoming an ever-increasing unreached people group. Half of all churches in the U.S. did not add any new members to their ranks in the last two years. That information is via churchleadership.org. The Word of God says in Psalm 9, verse 17, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight, and we are looking at heaven and asking the question, are you sure you really want to go there? Uh, Maybe not. Uh, Maybe not uh, what you were expecting uh, in your picture of heaven, what we're seeing in the scriptures tonight. Certainly some things that many would find unattractive. Well... There is an alternative, as we mentioned, Monty, prior to the break. That alternative is uh, laid out for us very very clearly in the Scriptures, uh, Christ teaching us the most about it uh, in the New Testament. In Mark chapter 9, verse 43, beginning, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. That's not a pretty picture, Monty. It's making this other alternative look a whole lot better, in fact. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that they are really not necessarily interested in going to heaven. They just don't really want to go to hell. Yeah. Well, we've got, that's another thing. We've, we've got to fix our attitude on it. Yeah. Uh, we want to go to heaven because we want to be with God. We want to worship Him forever. We want to serve Him and be pleasing to Him. But... God describes this alternative to us because he wants us to know that there is an option and what that option is. And, you know, it might be that we don't want to go to hell and we're scared of going to hell is why we don't want to go to, is why we want to go to heaven. Well, if that wasn't in some way a valid reason, God wouldn't have put that out there for us. So I think he puts that for us to motivate us, but to teach us and help us to be motivated and to correct our attitude so that we will be satisfied in heaven. But, you know, when you think about hell, another description of it is that place of outer darkness. Yeah. You know, when I, I remember as a kid thinking about that, that outer darkness, just being told. Because, you know, sometimes you wake up at night and the room's really dark. You can't, like it's the expression, you can't see your hand in front of your face. That's sort of a scary feeling. Yeah. And to know that I'm going to be in that outer darkness forever, tormented by the flame as it's described, and in a place where the worm dieth not, that kind, that idea there to me reminds me of a place of corruption or or rotting, and you know you've got the the maggots crawling around on this rotted stuff. So here you're going to be in a place of outer darkness, stuff crawling around all the time that you you can't deal with, and 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 burning up all the time, and you can't deal. You're just totally miserable in every possible sensory perception that you have. So God's give us that out there to tell us you don't want to go there. But if you don't want to go to heaven, this is your other choice. Pick one. Yeah, I remember Jim Michaels, who will be with us in our gospel meeting next week. Uh, when I was a teenager, I remember him talking about this in a sermon, he, and he said it's so bad. He said, you can't get out, you can't get any relief, and you can't die. Mm-hmm. You'd wish you could die. It's going to be so bad, and you can't do any of those. You're stuck forever in this terrible condition. 
And you know what? Not only is the place bad, the company is bad as well. Revelation 21, verse 8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You think about the worst people you can imagine, Monty. Yeah. The most despicable characters that you can even conceive. And they're going to be with you throughout eternity. You're going to be, Forever you're, and you're, ever <laughs> and ever. With those people, it's going to be a terrible terrible existence certainly it is not an alternative not one that we can even consider uh kent says the alternative to going to heaven is living eternally in hell being lost eternally in hell is beyond a complete description as words cannot completely describe the pain suffering and torment that awaits those who make the wrong choice for eternity because faithful obedience to god is a source of all ultimate joy Refusal of God must result in ultimate pain, punishment, and torment. So Kent agrees. Simply not an alternative. We cannot, uh, we can't even entertain that thought of going to hell. Uh, so heaven then is the only alternative. Kyle, any thoughts? Well, just uh, just the thought of uh, hell itself is complete and utter separation from God. In Second uh, Thessalonians nine. Uh, the first, uh, first in chapter nine or verse nine says, uh, "And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and His glory, of His power. It's forever. You'll be eternally separated from God. God, you won't be able to pray to God for your. It's like the rich man Lazarus. You know, just there would be no relief from the torment. You look at the rich man and how how much torment he was in, and uh, just a drop of water is all he wanted. One drop of water. You know, you come in, Monty. You've been out working in the heat." One drop of water, I won't get, get the job started. But if in, he's in such torment and such pain, that that's that, that seemed like uh, just total relief for him is one drop of water. You know, I was thinking about that today at work because my water jar, I'd basically drank all the water in it. And I reached over and screwed the lid off of it and turned it up, and there was that one drop in there. And I took it. I thought, you know, the rich man in the... In the the story of the rich man Lazarus would have been tickled to death to have that one drop that didn't satisfy me in the least, but he would have been proud to have that one drop. All right. And that hell is that bad that that one drop that normally wouldn't do nothing but aggravate us because it was so small was would have been such a relief to him. And we don't want to go and be in a place like that. It should we can't comprehend that kind of misery. All right. Uh, my father says in the chat room, just like the description of heaven, using things we can relate to, so also the description of hell. But I think heaven will be far better than we can imagine, and hell will be far worse. I think uh, that, that is the true. Uh, you know, we th- talk about heaven that uh, words can't describe it. It is beyond our comprehension. So it is with hell as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he mentions Hitler, Stalin, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, Mao Zedong, your neighbors in hell. You know, I've even thought about that. I've got relatives that I don't want to be there with. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so the company is not going to be any better than the conditions. Uh, certainly something we need to consider. All right. So hell is not an option. Heaven is the only viable option. But it is an option that many currently, as they view things in the world today, would not enjoy. So what's the solution? Kyle, what's the solution? If uh, we find uh, this description of heaven being someplace we go, well, maybe not. You know, I hadn't thought about it that way, but maybe heaven's not someplace I want to go. What's the solution, Kyle? Well, you have to, well, I mean, if the list of uh, your pros and cons list of going to heaven and not going to heaven, you just, you just got to put that list away. You got to, like, just need to really reconcile yourself to worshiping God and just 
striving for heaven. There's just I don't know how anybody could not want to go to heaven. That's I had, that's the question I had trouble with was the one that uh, some things that will be in heaven that me would not enjoy. I just couldn't you know, couldn't wrap my mind around that question. There are people who will actually do think about that though. So, Monty, I think uh, what we need to do in order to and be where we're going to enjoy heaven, and then this is what's going to take in order to be God to accept us, I think, into heaven, is to prepare now in this life to where we're going to enjoy those things. Start enjoying those things now, because uh, we know what heaven's going to be like. We want to be the kind of people who are prepared to be there and to enjoy it. So uh, heaven's not going to have any sin in it. i got to get the sin out of my life. i got to be working to, to rid myself of all sin, to be hating sin as God hates sin, so that when I get to heaven, I'm not missing it. When we think about what we're going to do now to, to make sure that we'll be happy in heaven, happiness is an attitude. And there's only two things in life that we can control, and that's our actions and our attitude. Uh, the Bible commands us to love our spouse. Well, if it can be commanded, it's something we can control. So that love has to be an attitude. Well, happiness is the same way. It's how, how am I looking at something? Well, so what it amounts to is that the things that we've been talking about that it will be in heaven that some people apparently don't enjoy now, well, then they need to fix their attitudes. So it's just like extra physical exercise, maybe going running. When we first start, when I remember when I first got on the cross-country team years ago in high school, the running was a difficult chore for me, and I had to get used to it. I had to get myself accustomed to it, and finally I got to the point I'd run places because it was easier than walking. Well, the things we're going to be doing in heaven, the worship, the praise, and all these things that we're going to be doing to God, maybe right now they're not a comfortable thing, but I need to get used to them, accustom myself, to exercise myself, so to speak, into those things, to where those things are easier than not doing them. That's exactly right. So we need to get the <clears throat> sin. I've got to fix my attitude. Fix your attitude. Get the sin out of your life. Uh, heaven's going to be 100% spiritual, so I need to start focusing on the spiritual. I need to start life. doing spiritual stop things. Stop getting wrapped up in the things that are physical. and Stop putting my treasure here on earth, but put my treasure in heaven. Uh, where neither moth nor rust are destroyed, and thieves do not break in and steal. Mm-hmm. Get my treasure there, so there will my heart be, so I can focus on those things that are spiritual, that are in heaven. Uh, we'll be in God's presence all the time. Make sure that I'm getting comfortable with that now. Don't try and wish that I could hide things from God. Don't uh, fail to come before his throne in prayer and worshiping him. We're going to be with our brethren all the time, constantly. Kyle, I think if we're going to have to be with our brethren all the time, we ought to be working on getting along with them now. Definitely uh, don't want to go to to my grave with the prospect of having to be stuck with brother so and so when I can't even get along with him now. Yeah, which uh, we need to. I think everybody should come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays with the attitude that they that those hours that you're together aren't enough. Really, they're really not enough of the time you spend together and worshiping and time together. So there's people need to get to that mindset of uh, spending that time with your brother and sister. So some people got to learn to do. And we're going to be worshiping God continually, Monty. Uh, I need to start making sure that I'm joining worship now, that I'm not making those petty excuses as to why I can't be here. I'm going to worship God every chance I get, because in heaven, we're going to be doing that for an eternity. And we need to get used to it. Kent in Georgia says, Obey the gospel, be faithful to the Lord, grow spiritually, and strive to assist as many as others as possible to make spiritual preparation for the judgment and eternity. Got to be making preparation. You know, if we're applying ourselves to that, then when we get to heaven, it's not going to be that big a change for us necessarily. I mean, it is a change because we'll be directly in the presence of God and be able to realize it and see it. But at the same time, we've practiced it, we're used to it, uh, we enjoy it, and it'll be good when we get there. Yes. I guess 6288 says, No sickness, no tears, no suffering, no more death, 
and separation. Thank you for that comment tonight. And uh, Kevin says, absence from God's presence, that phrase should be the most terrifying expression that man can imagine. Yet many men are trying to escape the presence of God because they want to participate in all in evil works. Uh, thank you for that, Kevin. Anthony says, those who reject God now still receive blessings from him, but in hell that will not be the case. Totally absent from any blessing of God. Mm-hmm. Sep- totally separated from his presence. Thank you for that, Anthony. And Kevin agrees. He says, that is so true. Not any of the blessings that come from living in this environment set up by him for us when we get to, if we are in hell. Uh, a terrifying thought. Do you really want to go to heaven? Yes, you do really want to go to heaven. You cannot afford to miss it. But you need to be prepared for what it's going to be like. You need to look at the scriptures to the picture that we see of heaven and realize that it's not what many are imagining. And you need to begin living your life here on earth in such a way that you're prepared to enjoy heaven when you get there. And that's a shift from the thinking of many folks in the day to the world today, sadly many religious people and maybe even some Christians who think heaven will be different than uh, it really is. And we need to be making preparation to enjoy heaven. And the scriptures tell us what it's like, and we need to make sure that we're getting our lives right so that we can enjoy heaven when we get there. And if we've missed heaven, we've missed it all. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that, and a good place for us to end our discussion tonight. Kyle, thanks for your help behind the board tonight and for your comments. We appreciate those. Uh, thank you for having me. Monty, good discussion tonight. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for being here. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Day, which will be at the conclusion of our Thursday night meeting of our Gospel meeting. But if you can't be here Thursday night, you can be here anytime. Throughout the week, October 24th, this Sunday, is the beginning. Find out more about it at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And uh, make plans to be here. If you can't be here in person on Thursday night for the program, be sure to tune in. We look forward to talking with you then. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.